On this episode of Come Pray With Me, I will be interviewing Ravi Mulukutla of Sri Venkateswara Temple in North Carolina. He will be sharing what Hindus believe as well as the work his temple does. Thank you so much for being here with us today. So Hinduism is considered polytheistic by many, and it has various deities such as uh, Kali, Ganesh, and Krishna, just to name a few. So who exactly are they, and what relationship do Hindus have to them? So we believe in God is one. Having God is one concept, these deities are evolved for a reason. Let's take one example, one or two examples. So if we talk Shiva deity, Shiva and Parvati, they are spouses each other. So Shiva, Lord, male, Parvati, female. They have family. So they have two sons, Ganesh and Subramanya. That means it represents a family of Shiva. You take second example, Venkateshwara and Padmavati. These two deities are, again, husband and wife. And if we go on, as you said in the question, Krishna. Krishna is one of the avatar of Krishna. And each of these deities have a characteristics or a feature or a function to, to display or to exhibit. So Shiva, for example, represents the jnana, wisdom. Vishnu represents the moksha, how to get moksha, he teaches that. And Ganesh, removal of obstacles. He's the god, I would say again, a deity, in the god in the form of a deity, Ganesh, removes the obstacles. So Krishna is for love and dharma, who gave the Bhagavad Gita to us. That's dharma for the human mankind. We can go on like this, take an example of Hanuman. Hanuman stands for devotion to Rama. And Rama is one of the avatars of Vishnu. And Hanuman stood for the bravery and he exhibited when finding Sita, uh, who, when Ravana took uh, Sita, then Rama was uh, in a situation where to find Sita. So Hanuman helped Hanuman devotion Bravery is an example. Uh, so those are the deities and examples. And now what is the relationship? That's an interesting question. How do we have relationships to any deity? It's by faith. And it's a philosophy. The Hindu philosophy says it's a strong belief towards all these characteristics or the features I described. Uh, the relationship is philosophy and beliefs. Thank you. So you mentioned uh, earlier moksha, but what exactly is moksha and how is it achieved? Good, good question. So the moksha is a most popular word, uh, but it denotes the final or the ultimate form of liberation. So moksha means liberation. Now, when the question comes, what is the liberation? So it is the highest goal of a spiritual path in Hinduism. It all the practices, all the spiritual paths should lead to the highest state. 
What is that state? Which is the Brahman. Brahman is the highest state. What is that it's liberating? Atman, which is in our soul, that is Atma in our body, is going to liberate and joins with this Brahman is the moksha. Yes, I think that's really interesting. And then that also uh, ties into how Hindus believe in reincarnation as well. Yeah. So another point to add is that soul, which is currently in a samsara called a universe of uh, entire environment, it's a cycle of birth and death. So the soul takes birth and death and die and finds another body, which is another birth again. So the soul has to liberate all the time in, a, in an appropriate time frame where it meets with Brahman. That's where the moksha is defined. And so samsara is sort of like a, a cycle because you're born, you live your life, you're, you uh, die, and then you sort of repeat it. So it just kind of keeps going around like a circle. But then the goal of moksha is essentially to liberate oneself from that cycle. Yes. And another point here is to take is the soul attained a complete good karma will not have a rebirth. That means the soul got liberated and joins with this Brahman ultimate state, no rebirth. Whereas if the soul has a karma, a baggage, even it liberates from the body, it'll take a rebirth. The rebirth into a different form of a living being. What are some of the different services that your temple offers to people? Yeah, our temple has been here for the last 12 years. We just celebrated a 12th year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Um, That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, so temple offers several services as a worship services in the temple, like starts from Abhishekam, which is a shower to deities. And we do Archana, that is worship with flowers. And we do the wedding, as I said, Siva Parvati wedding, uh, Venkateshwara Padmavati wedding. It all happens in the, in the building. And that's one, um, one type of service as worship within the temple. And another service activity is our priests actually go to the community and perform services ranging from a newly born, uh, kid, uh, like a, then they need to do a naming ceremony, then the priest goes and facilitate that process. And somebody is getting wedding, the priest facilitates that process and perform it, including the final rites. And uh, Hindus have belief on the final rites. So when the body is depart, uh, soul is departed from the body, there's a lot of ritual. So those are the services offered through the temple. And the third one is about volunteering service. So when we speak about the, uh, our gurukulam, the gurukulam children have a service activity on a regular basis, helping the Salvation Army, helping Hands Mission, all those service activities do happen on a regular basis from the children part. And from the adults, what we do is we also do uh, food, uh, drive, clothes drive, 
um, recently we did COVID vaccination program or the service in the premises, in the temple premises, we hosted that service. And we also participate as a temple in the annual health drive where a lot of other temples do join in that annual health. We do host uh, tours for the several high schools and college students who are taking religious classes, uh, including church groups who wants to know about Hinduism. So we as a public relations committee holds these uh, tours as a service activity to the community. And we, we have a scheduled tour of the temple explaining uh, Hinduism, explaining uh, their questions, uh, all that. So these are all the uh, list of services that uh, Sweet Temple offers. That's beautiful. It's wonderful to see people giving back to the community. Now, could you tell us a little bit more about the Guru Kalam classes you offer? Yes. So Guru Kalam classes, meaning it is the Sunday school from our temple. Um, the, this is for mainly for the children who are in the age group of three to 14 years. Uh, we have eight classes for these age groups. Uh, these eight classes are named um, so nicely that seven hoods of Adishesha, like is a, a snake which is on the Vishnu's uh, head, they have uh, all these uh, names. Uh, we also represent this Venkateshwara Tirupati temple have seven hills. Um, so we name the classes names with those uh, uh, hills names. I can say those names. So Sheshadri, Niladri, Garudadri, Anjanadri, Vrishabadri, Narayanadri, Venkatadri, and Hemadri. See, these are all the names of those classes. Now, what do they do in the class? They, the temp, we have uh, several volunteers teachers. They are very knowledgeable. And uh, they teach children the high ideals and values from Hindu great scriptures in the form of stories, like they do nicely play games. There are quizzes, crafts, there are bhajans means singing on, a, on different, different deities, which I gave you examples. And there's slokas, uh, verses, they do a lot of skits. Um, they have cultural projects and it's all taught in English, uh, no regional languages. Um, so that's about Gurukulam. And we do have an annual program for the Gurukulam on uh, they graduate from each class to class. Uh, we do hold a big uh, annual day. Parents and children, they do come, they express their, whatever they learned in their one year, uh, they have a stage to perform as a group or individual. Uh, it's been going on. It's been like uh, for the last, uh, I would say 15 years for now, uh, because our temple has a foundation. Like, you know, we started in 1999. Uh, probably around 2000, 2001 timeframe, we started this curriculum and it's now about 300 plus uh, students recruit on an annual basis. So what does uh, puja mean? Puja is worship, right? Worshipping a deity, for example, like treat uh, that deity as a guest. Take an example. Like, you know, a guest comes, ring the bell. What do you first offer to the guest? You bring them and make them sit down. Give them a drink. 
ask about the well-wishing, are you good, how are you doing, everything, right? Just similar treatment. The data is in front of you. It has about 16 steps. What are those 16? The highlights are there. Make them sit first. You give them a chair, right? We call that as asanam. So the God is in front of you, sitting in front of you. What do you do? Then wash your hands, wash the deity's hands, so wash the limb, uh, off, that washing is done. Then what do you do next? We offer clothes, we offer garlands, we offer harati, that is the, the lamp. Uh, in cans and sticks, we can offer. This is all like we're treating uh, with, with love, affection, and then we offer even the naivedyam, which is called offering a food, offer fruits with all the devotion and good faith, uh, we do that. We also chant 108 names. Each of those deities I described have 108 names. That's one section. And another section is like an advance. If you say every deity has 1000 names. So what we do is we pray the glory of that particular deity using these 108 names. Each name can go with the flower to offer. So the whole process is that puja is 16 steps involving all these steps I mentioned. Ultimately, what we get out of this is the, the experience. The experience, the, the devotion which we offer is the experience that we get out of it. And then finally ending with the, having that prasad, which is a cooked meal that we offer to God and then take it back to us, which is the transferring of the divine thing which we invoked will go into ours. That means our human body, our soul gets the experience. That's beautiful. And that reminds me a lot of the um, Hindu holiday Durga Puja. And that was my first real introduction to what Hinduism really is because I had to do a presentation on it for my sociology class and I don't want to play favorites but something about her was definitely very striking to me especially you know her whole story and how she fought off Mahi mm -hmm. Sashara on her yes. own so this question might be a little bit personal and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to but do you find yourself particularly close to any of the different deities or have any of them been particularly influential in your own life? That's a good question. So we normally deity selection, right? Deity selection comes from the family. So mother and father are following a deity and they are performing the, the puja worship at home. It becomes a family deity. So most of the families, if you touch, each one of them have a family deity that they follow. In my case, I follow Shiva, where my father were praying Shiva's um, family, and um, that's what I captured from them, and I continue to do that. Besides, I do have other faiths like Hanuman, Ganesh, Venkateshwara, so I do pray them in this uh, Shiva's umbrella, and then I continue to 
believe on them. That's definitely really interesting how it can be sort of uh, a tradition passed down to different families. So what are some of the different ways that uh, Hindus use prayer in their faith? Um, yeah, so like it starts day, like get up and the, the, the way the Hindu life starts is, the, I mean, I'm talking about the, the way of life. Hinduism, I, we describe as a way of life, right? So in the way of life, so it's said clearly, get up by the sunrise. So by the time of sunrise, you have to have a shower, get ready, pray the sun first. That's where it starts. And then afterwards, you do the, um, the lamp, the paradhana we call. It. Light the lamp in front of your, or wherever you are, platform of deities in the, like a puja room they call, or any place where you have. You light the lamp. That shows the first is that God is giving us light in our lives. So that's the first, second step. Afterwards, again, I told you, right, the family traditional deity start again, do these all 16 steps. You bring, do all that, and then do the 108 names, then offer prasad and take the prasad back, and then you go back to your work or study, whatever you want to do. So you can give, you can allocate five minutes. It's all up to you. This is the, this is the part of life for the spiritual life, spiritual practices. In my case, yeah, I do that as I said, Shiva, right? Shiva, Shiva is, we can do Abhishekam here, Archana here. It's all up to you, how you make your life one of structure, how you plan. That's very insightful. Do you have any prayers you would like to share with us today? Sure. Yeah, since I'm representing this Venkateshwara temple, uh, Venkateshwara, what is the first one we do in Venkateshwara temple? Our first service in the morning. We have to wake up him, right? We, we, we have to open the doors before you even open the curtain of the internal like hall we have to say the prayer uh, which has about 70 verses um, so i'm going to just chant only the two verses to give you an example of what a prayer for waking up lord venkateshwara Kausalya Suprajarama Purva Sandhya Pravartate Uttishthana Rashadula Kartavyam Daivaman Hikam Uttishthotishta Govinda Uttishta Karudadvaja Uttishtha Kamala Kahanta Trilokyam Mangalam Kuru. So, like as I said, these 70 verses takes 20 minutes, but I just gave you a sample of what is these two verses are. We're telling Kausalya Suprajarama means you're with the so it's example of Rama, right? Rama and Kausalya. 
together you wake up and you are the supreme lord take us to the high light tishta garuda dwaja you are the highest supreme please wake up and shower the blessings to us so it's it's a very good venkateshwar suprabhat that's one example i want to chant and give you and second example i want to also share with you is about obstacles god which is ganapati right so there is a sloka for that gananam twa ganapatikum havamahe kavin kavinam upavasravasramam jeshtarajam brahmanam brahmanaspada anasrunhannuti bisida sadanam so this is about ganesh ganesh is the ganas adipati means he's the lord for the all the ganas group of prayers everybody ganadipati we are telling him okay you are the wisdom of the wise and utmost in the glory he is the highest in the glory and we are asking please come to us listen to our invocation and be present in the seat of this sacred altar so we are bringing him again to sit in this and we are praying him for we need like a prayers with your power and wisdom we need so we are praying him thank you for sharing those prayers mm-hmm. with us those were beautiful did you have anything you would like to talk about on the show today oh, it, it's good i mean uh, there's a there's basically um the myth about the hinduism is they think it's a religion but actually not my honest opinion is a way of life so there's a clear explanation of what the hindus have to be and uh, what is the belief what are the philosophy and what is the faith behind it so i would encourage uh, everybody to read about this hinduism and uh, follow this uh, spiritual path to understand the hinduism and it finally what come back is god is one for all the religion or the way of life for the spiritual path is the same we're taking different routes to get to that that's all our destinies as a human being irrespective of whether you are any religion or any type of way our destiny is one which is liberation reach the liberation is a goal this is what i want to just concluding comments to learn more about hinduism and attend guru kalam classes visit www.svtemplenc.org sacred texts of hinduism include the bhagavad gita and the ramayana i also found the book hinduism in america by jeffrey d long helpful when working on this episode 